Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 84, Rebirth. Hi, pals. It's an exciting time for you. For you. I am Al. I am Maggie. <clears throat> we are here to tell you about the exciting future that is Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty grim time. It's a pretty, pretty gruesome, mm-hmm. horrible end for some people it, we're friends with, and yet we had fun with it. It really just like, oh, so this is what happened to all these characters that I love so much, huh? Mm-hmm. Whole lot of, uh, whole lot of crap, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, really, we get the, sort of the main one, mm-hmm. and uh, let's not say they didn't have it coming. I mean, like, this is such the inevitable end, like, yeah. ending this for is, Bruce, you know? This like, is the prison you built for yourself. Like this is this is how you end up. Yeah, he's living in stately Xanadu with mm-hmm. his giant crates full of garbage, and everyone has left him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this whole Batman thing's gonna work out. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Nope. <laughs> got got this dog though. That's a pretty great dog. I don't know yeah. if it's worth the entirety of your life falling apart, but it's a pretty fucking great dog. Yep. There, there will be uh, slight spoilers for what comes because I know you haven't seen most of this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entire episode focusing on Ace the Bat Hound. That's and, awesome. No, and it's great. Yeah. So before we roll into this, I've seen, I think maybe one or two episodes of this show. Well, I know you saw Return of the Joker because that's the one everyone saw. Yeah, exactly. I've seen Return of the Joker, and that's kind of it. Like, I'm. Yeah. Sh- it was on when I was like in high school or whatever. So I'm sure I saw some of it, but like, mm-hmm. you know, not well, a everyone- lot. Everyone dismissed it, and we're going to talk about... We've already talked about this Mm. some, but we're going to talk about this a lot. Just the concept of this show was brought to them by the network, and it sounds so dumb, and boy, did they make it work. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so much of this... So, Batman is not Batman anymore. Mm. Now it's some kid. Yep. And it's the future, and we're dealing with his teen problems as well as this edgy sort of, like, internet future. Mm -hmm. And, like, ugh. I saw I saw some video about this on YouTube, and I'm trying to find it again. But it's basically an, just interviewing everyone who worked on the show, and everyone going like, "Yeah, the network was going to make us set Batman in a high school, and mm-hmm. it was they wanted to have it set in the future because like we needed to have like a new, more toyetic uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, world for the series to take place in. Like, you know, Batman was old; it was getting canceled. Like, we this is the, this is supposed to be the new hotness, and all of us uniformly were like, "That's the stupidest fucking thing we've ever heard." And they mm-hmm. just made it work. Well, it's when you when you have a writing team, a creative team. I don't want to just say writing because mm-hmm. some of the uh, artists and and animators as well. But when you have a creative team that's really like from from your classic shows, from like just hitting on all cylinders, like a writer's room, like say The Simpsons season six, where you just bring the stupidest mm-hmm. idea in the world, and this is just a perfect dream team of people. Yep. They can they can really make anything work. Yeah, like there's there's other examples as well. That just happens to be a show I'm very familiar with. Mm. But like these guys were like, Batman was pretty amazing. Superman was also very good. Mm-hmm. They would also go on to do some other really good things that we will get to. But like, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit them, you hit this team at this at this point in their in their in the bell curve of their success. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're kind of unstoppable right now. Yeah, basically. Now. They, they made this work, mm-hmm. which uh, I guess we should just get into it because there's so many specific things I want to talk about. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't until we do our summary. Right. So uh, this is two parts. We're going to we're going to just uh, uh, knock this all out together. So uh, take it away with part one. All righty. It's another night in Gotham City and Veronica Vreeland's kid or possibly younger sister has been kidnapped by the villainous generic gang. Their gimmick being extremely generic. Luckily, Batman arrives on the case. And what a Batman. Decked out in a kick-ass black suit with a red logo and jet boots, this is one Batman who is ready for action. I mean, traction. He is ready to be put in traction after a goon gets the drop on our boy and then working too hard gives him a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> with no other options, Batman grabs a dropped gun, also known as the coward's weapon, and manages, manages to threaten his way out, but is, but is overwhelmed with guilt at actually having to hold a gun. Ew. And vows to be Batman no more. Jump forward 20 years into the future. The future, Conan? Yes. 
all the way to the year 2000. <laughs> and Gotham City is a very different place. Specifically, it's two places, Blade Runner and Akira. The stately Wayne Corporation has merged with Powers Industries, run by Derek Powers, a perfectly nice billionaire, as all billionaires in cyberpunk stories are. But not everything has changed in Gotham City. For one thing, the subway is still teeming with assholes in clown costumes. One of those assholes is harassing some lady and is in turn harassed by Terry. Who the fuck is Terry? Why, it's Terry McGinnis, local high schooler and all-around bad kid. He picks fights and, and, and told his dad to shove it. But also he helped that lady, so you know that he has a heart of gold. Terry goes to school, hangs out with his fr lady friend Dana, and gets in a fight with Flash Thompson, visiting from Marvel 29, I assume. Meanwhile, Terry's dad, Warren McGinnis, is contacted by his friend Harry Osborn, who has a secret to tell him about Derek Powers. A future secret. But he doesn't actually get to hear it, because Harry is attacked by George Takei. He does manage to pass off a CD to Warren, presumably with the words Awesome Mix 2000 written on it in Sharpie. <laughs> Warren goes home to decode the CD, and Terry goes out to the club, breaking curfew. Boy, this bad boy sure is one bad boy. The club is attacked by members of the Joker gang because children are universally stupid, and when told about a murderous clown from 20 years ago, we'll seek to emulate said clown. There is no joke here. That's just a real thing that would happen if the Joker was real. It kind of already happens now, and the Joker is not real. <clears throat> Terry gets into a fight with the Jokers that turns into an Akira-ass motorcycle chase involving swinging chains around, and when eventually arrives at decrepit old Wayne Manor, where billionaire and old coot Bruce Wayne is just... Hanging out, waiting for a motorcycle fight to pass by, I guess. I don't know. Maybe this is just what Bruce does now. It certainly isn't remove any of the giant sackcloths from his large furniture. Terry and Bruce kick the shit out of the Jokers, and then Terry takes Bruce inside for his pills and a lie down. Once Bruce passes out, I guess the four hours of sleep thing isn't really a thing anymore, Terry pokes around a bit and attempts to free a bat from a grandfather clock. Yes, father, he says. I will save a bat. Inside the grandfather clock is the stairs down to the Batcave, and what youth worth of salt wouldn't explore the fucking Batcave? The dinosaur is here. Unfortunately, Bruce finds Terry, conks him on the noggin, and then shoots him out the door. Fine, says, says Terry. I didn't want to be Batman beyond anyway. Terry heads home, only to find that his beloved Uncle Ben has been shot by a burglar. From this day forward, Terry learns that with great power, there must also come great responsibility. After the funeral, Terry moves back in with his mom and brother, both of whom have probably got names. As Terry is unpacking, he finds a mysterious CD slipped into a photo of him and his dad. Awesome mix 2000, Terry says. But dad wasn't into early 2000 era ska. Terry checks out the CD and finds a bunch of nasty shit that takes him back up the hill to Wayne Manor to inform Bruce that his company isn't exactly on the up and up. And also it is killing innocent fathers, whose only crime was loving ska. Eventually Bruce lets him in and take it away, Al. Bruce just pops this strange CD into the bat computer to determine its contents, which would almost certainly give him 40,000 viruses if, it was, if, if there wasn't one of those copies of Brainiac just lurking around in there waiting for the right moment when it's time to do another Brainiac episode. Bruce was never so careless with computer security when Alfred was alive, but now he only has Ace the Bat Hound to warn him about such things, and look, that dog is vicious, but nowhere near as vicious as Alfred was. Also, much easier to bribe with meat-flavored snacks. <clears throat> Anyway, the disc also contains the shocking secret that Terry's goddamn dead dad uncovered some kind of DNA evidence <laughs> showing that Derek Powers is manufacturing nerve gas, which is truly horrific, but you gotta at least give him that he understands how Gotham City works. If you're gonna deliver a, del a deadly neurotoxin to your enemies, you do not do it in the form of a liquid or a solid. Ask for it by name. Gas! Thank you, Maggie. While Bruce is uncovering the sinister plot, Terry's wandering around the cave with his mouth hanging open, checking out the various bat paraphernalia. Don't look at any of that, growls old Bruce. What do you think this is, some kind of a museum? I, I mean... <laughs> Terry particularly admires the so-called Batman Beyond suit, which is more of a no-called Batman Beyond suit, since nobody actually calls it that. At a glance, he can determine exactly what fancy future tech is packed inside the thing and how it all works, kind of like Carrie Kelly in that other story about a bitter Batman in the future. I think it was called Frank Miller is Definitely Sane and Rational. <laughs> Bruce pops the disc back out of the bat computer, hands it to Terry, and insists that he take it to the cops. But Terry's not the dummy that he sometimes seems to be because he doesn't like or trust cops. Good kid. But it's kind of a moot point anyway, as he's almost immediately accosted by Derek Powers and George Takei, who steal their disc back and drive off. So Terry, inspired by this word, steal, <laughs> sneaks back into stately Xanadu and steals that suit he was drooling over in that earlier scene. He has a bit of trouble flying around in it at first, but thankfully things don't go all greatest American hero on us. Bat Terry eavesdrops on Powers giving a demonstration of his toxic chemical to a shady Eastern European despot, which includes graphic depictions of cattle mutations and an actual accidental human trial. Whoops. 
After availing himself of the Batsuit's convenient vomit disposal function, <laughs> Terry leaps into action, nimbly jumping around and making bad jokes while he punches bad guys like some other kind of superhero I've seen before but can't quite place. Nor can anyone's lawyers, okay? He's actually doing quite well until Bruce's voice cackle, crackles into the headset from out of nowhere. Where is that sound coming from? Says the genius who spotted the suit's flight and strength amplification capabilities at a glance. How am I hearing you right now? <laughs> yeah, maybe he is exactly the dummy that he sometimes seems to be. Bruce insists that he return the suit, and when Terry refuses, Bruce, has, Bruce hits a comical giant red switch in the Batcave labeled Leave Sucker for Dead, which immobilizes the suit. But then Terry appeals to him with his whole my murdered father trip, and for some weird reason this actually gets through to Bruce, and Bruce agrees to allow him to continue his vendetta in the name of justice or whatever. Powers guys try to kill him with a forklift, olay! But Terry rallies, drowning George Takei and shoving Derek Powers' face into the deadly neurotoxin. Well, when a billionaire creates chemical weapons, you kind of have to rub his face in it. Otherwise, how will he ever learn that it's wrong? You should also consider hitting him with a rolled-up newspaper which was a type of printed web page that your grandparents used to... You know what? Never mind. Damn kid. The next morning, Terry wakes up at his mom's house. Did we mention he lives with his mom now because his dad was, you know, murdered? Uh, we did mention that. I wrote this before I'd read Maggie's summary. Uh, to find Bruce turning on the old Bruce charm and flirting with his mom. It's been a while since we saw one of these suburban moms think Bruce is sexy scenes, but it's nice to know the old guy still got it. He's here to offer Terry a job wink at Wayne Enterprises' elbow in the ribs, being his personal assistant pressed down on your foot. So, anytime there's an urgent personal assistant emergency, Terry will be expected to answer the phone. No, sir, the other phone. Epilogue. Derek Powers is being tended to by his crack team of guys from AIM and discovers that the chemicals he got exposed to during his run-in with Batman have caused him to physically transform into a grotesque monster and also to lose his sanity, which I am absolutely embarrassed to admit I never connected to the Joker's origin until our old friends at the DCAU wiki pointed that out. Thanks, our old friends at the DCAU wiki. <laughs> did you did you put that together that, that, that I, you were just I, seeing I picked, a Joker origin again? I picked again? it up, but not until like right at the end. It's like... Wait, he's doing the mirror thing and he starts laughing. It's like, oh, they're doing a Joker thing. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, no, I, I completely, like, I've seen the show a bunch mm -hmm. and I never put that together. I mean, you know, not really spoilers because it's pretty obvious mm -hmm. this guy's gonna, gonna stick around. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be a, a pretty big deal. You know, they did that thing like the Superman pilot did where it's like, yeah, Brainiac wasn't the main guy, but he will be. Mm -hmm. and, That's awesome. Yeah. What if the Joker was Skeletor? <laughs> What if Norman Osborn was also the Joker? Mm -hmm. But, like, tying him into Bruce's company, giving him a... Like, it's not just the guy who murdered Terry's dad. It's also the guy who took Wayne Enterprises from Bruce. Well, like, I, I, I love that so much as just, like, yeah. the start. Like, it's so... This is where Bruce is now. Like, he never really gave a shit about the company, but, like... No, I mean, this version of him, we gotta... Come on, you gotta say... You're you're reacting to like the comics version of him. Like this this version, we know they tried really hard to show that he used Wayne Enterprises to help people. That's true. Too. Yeah. So I, what I'm saying is, I'm not I'm not trying to nitpick. What I'm saying is, this should be his only reason for living mm. if he's given up being Batman and he doesn't even have this anymore. Yeah. All he wants to do is hang around the house and eat soup. Well, look, if you live to be 80 and your partner was gone and all your friends had been driven away, that might be all you got. Mm -hmm. Well, at least I have this green soup. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's trying to make Plomeek soup, but he hasn't quite gotten it right yet. Mm -hmm. Just keeps throwing it at the wall. <laughs> Bruce, I that's just, not where that goes. I, I cannot, like, they never mention him. They never may mention him the entire series, mm. but the fact that Alfred is gone is a big part of this to me. Oh, yeah. Like, like... You're talking like he he has driven away everyone, but like you know, Alfred dying was like the the either the start well, or the last thing, you know. Yeah, like Alfred's easily thirty years older than him, so of course he's dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, like putting us like he he covered up all his furniture as you pointed out, because what's he gonna do? Dust that every day? Of yeah, course right? not. But he's he sits in the same chair mm -hmm. and and looks out the same brooding window and broods. Yep, he's broods Wayne. <laughs> That was terrible, and uh, I, I apologize for that profusely. Um, what am I going to do today? I know, I'll look out the window and eat soup. I feel like there's a moment where he says, what am I going to do today, and the dog is excited. Mm -hmm. Are we going to go out and play? Are we going to chase rabbits? No. No. Oh, we're going to lie down again. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. We definitely need to talk about Ace. Ace yep. the Bat Hound was back in the day in the Silver Age, mm-hmm. like a cheesy ass dog that Bruce Wayne owned, who he then put a mask on so that people <laughs> wouldn't know it was Bruce Wayne's it's dog. It's my favorite thing in the world. Is I've got to protect Ace's dog identity. Mm-hmm. But in this, he is a giant fuck-off Great Dane mm-hmm. who will tear your face off if you come anywhere near the giant Citizen Kane gates to, to Wayne Manor. Yep. Ah, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. And like like I said, there will be an episode that, that focuses on Ace, oh. and uh, he's great. Because we're going to see a lot of Bruce in this house by himself, mm-hmm. and you need someone for him to react to. Yep. So, I you mean, know, you know, this is, what he, this is what he does. It's just like... Uh, get up, be sad. Yeah, Look but if he didn't things. have the dog, like, there'd be nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? But but getting back to, to Powers, like, he lost, like, half his company, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you think, okay, even even under the best circumstances, let's say the Robins went on and did whatever they do, mm-hmm. Barbara went on to be the, the uh, uh, police commissioner, yeah. as we find out in this episode, like, even if they all parted on good terms, mm-hmm. he's too old to be Batman. Yeah. He just maybe retired just because he's too old and so he's still got his company if he still wants to do good mm-hmm. he's still got wayne enterprises except he doesn't yeah and i love that he's got nothing they hint at it at the beginning of the episode when it's still in the flashback that like powers is making moves to try and it's a hostile takeover yeah 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 and like you know we when we get cut into the future it's like oh yeah look at that yep he hostily took him over wayne powers conglomerate Conglomerate? Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> Sort a little coach thief for conglomerate. Conglomerate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but really, this is my good thing, that prologue. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot that that was in there. Like, there's some good storytelling economy, because that prologue is maybe three minutes long, mm-hmm. and they give you some setup for an important thing later. We also get a nice callback to Veronica Vreeland. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the, the Vreeland heiress who uh, who's kidnapped. Well, I like I like that it's, it's a good way to show that it's not just, like... We're not just doing the future time jump. Like this is a like we have a time jump between the animated series and what's yeah. happening now. Like it's been like yeah, if, like twenty years already, you know? Well that's the thing. If you just saw Bruce retired, it'd be like, okay, but what happened? And we'd always wonder. Mm-hmm. And are we gonna do an episode where we deal with that or whatever? And here we get it. And that's that's really what's my good thing is I've talked about this a bunch already, and I'm sure I'll talk about it more, but this is one of the most powerful moments in this entire animated universe, yep. that bit where he's having the heart attack, ack, ack, which I'm pretty sure that phrase is ruined forever. Thank you, Billy Joel. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. William Joel. And, like, the only option he has, other than I'm amazed you didn't seize on the fact that he was beaten half to death with a wrench, which oh, is yeah. one of your favorite things. <laughs> Just a giant fuck-off wrench to the mm-hmm. head repeatedly is um, pick up a gun. That's the only way out. Otherwise, this guy's going to cave his brains in. Yep. So he, he just threatens. And and the look of horror on his face. It's so good. It's just like, oh, God, I can't. What have I done? It's like, this, this is it. We're done. This is this is so just, like, I, I worry, because I've seen this particular episode quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I worry I've built it up in my memory a little too much. And every time I watch it, it's like, no, this is just as great as I, like, it's just as powerful as I remember yeah, it being. This is, it's so Of course, good. that's the thing. It's not the heart attack. No. He would have kept pushing until he died. Yeah. That's not it. It's the fact that he was cornered and only had a gun mm-hmm. and disgusted himself. Yeah. Oh. Just, like, the fact that he picks it up is just like, oh, God. But that's also a signal to the audience that, hey, we haven't forgotten Bruce and what he's all yeah. about. He is a quintessential part of the show. Yes, there is a new young hotness, mm-hmm. but this is still very much the Bruce Wayne show. Yeah. Look, we we get this guy. We've been inside his head for a long time. We know what he's all about. Ugh. And yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, I'm and, very stoked. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the actual future, mm-hmm. which is kind of your good thing. Yeah. Um. Like, I, t- I talked about this a bit when we started, but like this whole fucking thing rules like... You know, we hit the ground running on this, and, like, I absolutely love it. You guys need to understand, like I said, I have seen one episode of Batman Beyond, and I think it was Return of the Joker. Like, I never mm-hmm. watched the show. It sounded stupid. And, and that's that's the one a lot of people have seen, because I, I think they even went out of their way to market that to people who had missed out on the show. It's mm-hmm. like, guys, here's your favorite. We didn't want to blow this, you know, in an episode, but here's your favorite guy. Maybe this will get you to look at mm-hmm. it. And it worked. Yeah. But, like, the the setting is so 
cool. Like, mm-hmm. we talk about how it's like a combination of uh, Blade Runner and Akira, and it is. It's very, very, very uh, uh, cyberpunk. And this is the thing I've said already, and I'll say a bunch going forward, is uh, there's a there's a key detail about both Blade Runner and Akira, which is they were both made in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the future of the 80s, yep. which what that means is this won't age poorly because it's already sort of set in a particular... It's like Gotham City is this nebulous 30s and 40s period. Mm-hmm. So watching it now doesn't feel like we're watching a show from the 90s. This this has that same feel where it's like, okay, this is a unique aesthetic that, that is locked in time that doesn't feel like this was made in 1999 at all. Yeah. It's, which I love. It's so fun. Like... Yep. I, it's I, gruesome I, and gritty and, and just dark as fuck, but it's also fun. Like, yeah. it's such a cool place to, like, have Batman adventures in, you know? Like, yeah. I love that there are just flying cars now. Well, it's 50 years in the future, of course Right, like, this is what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have flying cars. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's 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 awesome. I, I yep. love the, like, like, the giant, like, highways that, like... There... Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Metropolis already had those, right? But... but this is what I'm saying. It's like it's a natural evolution of what Gotham yeah. was to what it is, you know. And we've got lots of nods to the original without, I think, going overboard. Mm. Like, like the uh, the kids like dressing up as Jokers and calling themselves the Jokers. Mm. And uh, Terry goes to Hamilton Hill High School, yep. named after that titan of politics, <laughs> Mayor Hamilton Hill, the shitty weasel. Uh. Well, who hated his kid? Well, what better p- person to to uh, have a high school named after than a guy who loved his kid as much as that guy? Yep. Boy, but I sure still... do love the kid I have. But it's still a nice nod. Mm-hmm. Like, also, for all we know, that could be sort of subtle commentary from the show. Like that, hey, this is how history works. Yep. There's a Ronald Reagan airport, mm-hmm. and that guy fired the air traffic controllers. Yep. Like. It's shitty, but that's how that's how politics in the future kind of works. It sure so, is. I mean, as you point out in this crazy fantasy world, um, billionaires are are kind of evil and unethical. Yeah, Ooh, odd wow. that. Yeah, you, you would think. You know, Lex Luthor was like the uh, the uh, sort of the, the exception that proves the rule. Everyone else is, mm-hmm. is great and kind. <laughs> Lex Luthor, the only bad billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I, to be honest, we saw a bunch of that with Bruce early on, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Ugh, all these other rich people are assholes. Yep. Why, why can't they be better?" Yeah, I kinda, that's the thing I always liked, you know. Bruce Wayne, the only good billionaire, and he's fictional. Yeah. And even he is not great. Like as we see, he's a bad person who has no one around mm-hmm. him because he pushed them all away. Yep. And this is supposition if you've only seen this episode, but I can tell you. I mean, you've seen Return of the Joker, so you know. Yep. But also, there's other, it comes up in other episodes. Like, the reason he's alone is not because everyone moved on with their lives. It's because they pushed him away, yep. or he pushed them away, because he's terrible. Because he's a bad person who does good yeah, things. Because this obsession that he had mm-hmm. is became his entire life to the exclusion of all other things. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. It's, it's such a this beautiful is, tragedy, you know? Well, and this is like, our kids love Batman beyond mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. Like, this, as we said, is supposed to be the one more geared toward kids. Mm -hmm. We get that fucking prologue. We get the brutal murder of Terry's dad, the extremely brutal mutilation of livestock and a Powers employee, the probable drowning of Mr. Fix, Mm -hmm. the uh, mutation of Derek Powers, and uh, Bruce just being old and bitter alone in his house. Mm -hmm. Boy, this is all just a great thing that kids would love. Yep. Really enjoy this. Who doesn't this? love an angry old man mm-hmm. like uh, eating soup? Mm-hmm. Batman. <laughs> uh, I came to this show for Batman action, and all I got to see was an old man literally yelling at kids on his lawn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had some alarm set up mm-hmm. to tell him when punk kids were coming near, and he pulled out his best cane and <laughs> like, I'm I'm gonna fuck up. This is great. It's about damn time. The, I haven't had a good fight in 10 years. The, the bit where, like, they just, like, <clears throat> they're driving past Wayne Manor, basically. Like, they've basically, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, driven up the side of the mountain that the house is on. And Bruce yeah. is just hanging out in the woods surrounding the house. Oh, he knew they were coming. Mm-hmm. He's, still, he's still got the Batman tools and the instincts. Time to go kick some ass, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, come on, Ace. And Ace is like, finally. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. 
a young punk is here to help me. Well, uh huh. Even better. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Terry McGinnis because it's it's so easy to just go down the rabbit hole of old Bruce. Yeah. Old Bruce is great because he is. But I love Terry McGinnis mm-hmm. also. He's fantastic. He's he is a punk kid, and he is on paper should be the worst part of this show, yep. but he's not. No, he's like you get it, you know, like like you you made light of this in your summer because mm-hmm. that's what we do, but they do nicely walk the line between him being a bit of a juvenile delinquent, but also a good kid. Yeah. Well, it's like, like you that. know, you have you, sometimes you have these kids whose natural inclination is to beat the shit out of people. And what you need to do yeah. is turn that to the type of people who need to have the shit beat out of them, like some asshole who thinks it's cool to dress up as the Joker. It's also a nice twist on Batman mm-hmm. because Batman was this rich entitled kid who'd never probably never gotten a fight in his life until it until he realized he needed to. Yeah. Whereas this kid has always had trouble and he's got survivor guilt with his parents in a way that Bruce, like Bruce was there and feels like he should have done something. But Terry got in a nasty argument with his dad. Mm -hmm. That was the last conversation they had. So that's a whole different dynamic. Well, and I I, I like the idea of of a uh, of a uh, Batman uh, or um, uh, uh, trainee who has parents, you know, like, I mean, he's he's short one, one, but yeah. Like, he's still got um, a mom and a, or a brother that he has to go home to and, like, worry yep. about, you know? Like, that's a, a dynamic that none of the fucking Robins ever had. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's a great, just a nice little, uh, Amanda pointed this out to me because I was, had my head down taking notes, but uh, the shot we get of Terry in his bedroom um, with the uh, Batman suit hastily shoved yep. under his bed is perfect. It's like... He's got this secret. His his, you know, his mom and his brother are right there, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. Yeah, you know, they can't find out about it, which is great. And look, we've pointed this out before. The producers themselves have pointed this out, but it's going to come up a lot. Mm-hmm. He is Spider Man. Yep. This show is straight up a Spider Man show mm-hmm. about a teenager who feels tremendously guilty about the murder of his father figure. In this case, his literal father, but it does that, you know, the similarities there. Yep. And like uh, becomes a superhero to, to try to atone for that and do the right thing. And he hops around and tells terrible jokes. And he's trying to hide his his secret from his family the whole time. Mm-hmm. And his, his girlfriend never knows. And it's all just very Spider-Man. And even to the point where this is my quote, he tells the worst jokes. <laughs> and usually I hate this. I hated when Bruce did it. But Terry, that's his thing, mm-hmm. man. That's his shtick. Yeah. So my quote is just Terry McGinnis being Terry McGinnis, being Spider-Man, just saying the worst, just letting his mouth run and saying the dumbest possible <clears throat> jokes to keep himself from, I don't know, probably fear vomiting or yep. whatever. So here's one example among many of that. A little early for Halloween. But just in time for fall. And it just delighted me. I I love him. It's so good. But he, again... He should be the least interesting part of this show, and he's not. Well, that's the thing, because the show doesn't, like, the show hangs on him, and having Bruce there, would be, it would be really easy for people to just go, yeah, but what's old Bruce up to? Tell me more about that, you know? Yeah, I, I'm here from the other show. I want to see where my guy is. And I mean, like, you know, I fall into that trap. Like, He's I the know second main character, yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, it's Batman Beyond, like. Yeah. Can we get beyond Batman, please? We can. I mean, you made that joke already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of him, of Bruce being the Oracle. Yes. Like, that's a good way to keep Bruce always involved in the action as well, and not just a guy that Terry goes back to at the end of every mission. Mm. He's there actively all the time. Well, it's like you still, you know, like, I assume when we get sort of further along, like, having, like, the world's greatest detective in your head going, okay, this is how you detect things, like... Yeah, and, and Terry, like, they will... They will make this very textual. This isn't just me with Superman saying, oh, he's kind of dumb. They mm-hmm. never they never dealt with that, really. That was just funny to talk about. Terry is not as smart as Bruce. He straight up isn't. Sure. Like, he's, but he's got Bruce. Like, what he has is the best of all worlds. He's got the youth and, and strength and agility of, of a kid. Mm-hmm. But he's also got a lifetime of experience of the smartest guy on the planet yeah. in, inside his head at the same time. Yeah, that's a great dynamic, you know? And like... And a bunch of tech. Yeah. On top of all that, so yeah, it's a, it's you you could call them a dynamic duo, I suppose. Uh-huh. Can I? Uh, I want to take a moment to talk about uh, how awesome I thought the little microphone things on the fingers were. 
Oh yeah, it's like you. They do a little close up, so it's got like little swirly fingerprints, but mm. they're actually microphones. That is very good. Yeah, I like as soon as that showed up, I'm like, that's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. The suit will continue to deliver things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it can do the obvious things you expect it to do, like an Iron Man suit where it flies and it makes you stronger. But every now and then it'll be like, oh, and also it can do this. Yep, and it's great. Now, uh, that being said, uh, my bad thing, I'm going to get this out yes. of the way now because it's the first episode. I have never mm-hmm. liked the mouth on the bat suit. I just think it looks weird. Really? Yep. Okay. Never. Like, from the first time I saw him, I'm like, well, that mouth looks fucking weird. I feel like that was a choice. Like, if you don't give him a mouth, then it's just going to look sort of inhuman. Like, you need one thing that's a little exaggerated and cartoony. Well, and the thing is, I was thinking about this, too. It's like, would the cowl help? It's like, no, it's got, like, that, that very much, like, like, the suit doesn't have any way that like it looks obvious where it can come off of you you know right no it's a full body suit versus you know a shirt and a cape and a cowl like separate pieces it's all one thing i mean like let's be real like it's the fucking black spider-man costume it absolutely is although i don't know if we've seen this yet but when you see the inside of it it's got like little circuit boards printed on it that like press up against your skin which is cool cool. i think that's how it man like uh uh, monitors his vitals and Mm. things like that um, yeah, I, I can see that. It doesn't bother me. And like, they do the same thing they occasionally did with Batman where between the eyes and the mouth, they will make him look like a weird cartoon where his eyes almost bug out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that works because he looks so, like I say, sort of inhuman and, yeah. and like, just like, I don't know what the word I want is, but you know what I mean? Just in that way, the Batman was supposed to be an urban legend. Like mm-hmm. he's not even a person. He's like a monster kind yeah. of, kind of way. Yeah. And there's there's no cape. It's just one sort of black figure with eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like the uh the wing the wings that fold out. Uh, yep. Much yep. like uh armpit webbing webbing. Yep. Well, and uh, it really just is all there, huh? <laughs> it re- I mean, we both pointed out Flash Thompson. Yep. Um who is like will continue this guy Nelson will continue to be his sort of like uh jock rival the whole <laughs> time. Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> voiced by uh seth green actually yeah which is cool this one's a real cavalcade of like no big stars but a lot of people you've heard of mm-hmm. well um, uh george takei is the uh the, the mr the fix yeah yeah which is very good mm-hmm. for like uh, the three lines that he has yeah but still i like i like george playing a villain he doesn't mm-hmm. get to do that a lot he usually has sort of the distinguished voice. Hey, I'm George Decay. It's time you know. to kick the shit out of you with my electric yeah. knuckle dusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Please but don't like... leave me for dead. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, Terry's dad is the dad from Family Ties. Again, yep. not a not a big star, but someone people of a certain age will absolutely be like, hey, that's a dad. Mm-hmm. I know that dad. I watched that dad on TV for seven mm-hmm. years. Uh, Terry Gar mm-hmm. is his mom and Terry Gar is one of those who's like at the time I thought of as a movie star and I look back and it's like oh people now probably don't even know who she is and yeah. like the only kind of starring role she had that people probably won't remember but it's a it's a fun little B movie is Mom and Dad Save the World yeah yep but she's she was in a ton of she was she was that woman who had to be the wife in all the movies where the dude was the main comedy guy mm-hmm. like Mr. Mom uh, there's a few others like that. Was she in a couple of uh, Star Treks too? Like oh, original boy. series? I don't think so. Uh, it's possible. I don't remember that though. Um, she was in uh, the TV show Friends, cast as Phoebe's mom, and as soon as that happened, a bunch of people went, "Of course, she is." Twenty years ago, Lisa Kudrow. That's perfect mm-hmm. casting. Yeah, like she, was... she she's she's got that same vibe. Yeah, exactly. And she's great. And she's a, she's a great pull for uh Terry's mom who will will be a regular like uh his mom and his little brother are in this all mm-hmm. the time. Um and uh spoilers Barbara hasn't showed up yet, but when she does, uh, she's uh, Stalker Channing who oh. um I don't know if you know who that is, but uh she's one of those people when we started covering Voyager back on the Star Trek show, I said would have made an amazing captain. She's one of those sort of like middle-aged women who have that gravitas and power that oh, just could yeah, pull yeah. that off. She played the first lady in the West Wing. She's apparently very well known for her role in Greece, which mm-hmm. 
do not remember who she played in Greece, yeah. but like she's she's been in a ton of stuff. She's just got this like casting her as Barbara was perfect because mm-hmm. she's got this she's really lived and she's not beaten down, but she's definitely like learned from her suffering. It's and been uh, strong yeah. and yeah, it's been a long fifty years for mm-hmm. her. She's just she, she what she doesn't sound like is the cute and bubbly Barbara that we left. Yeah, she sounds like a middle aged woman who's seen some shit. <laughs> But we'll talk about that when she shows up. Yeah. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. But just there's a lot of there's a you know like um, Andrea Romano continues to do her thing where mm-hmm. she casts the you know the not people, people doing but not just people doing silly voices but mm-hmm. people who just have good voices who who can act. They yeah. don't have to worry about doing a voice. They're they're just acting. You know what I mean? Uh, that said, the evil Eastern European dictator was the guy who all uh, Corey Burton, who mm-hmm. is one of those uh, voice actors you hear all the time. He was Brainiac actually. Oh yeah. But, you know, doing his baseball is bad enough voice. <laughs> that bit was so yep. good. We were talking about that before the episode started. I yep. just, I love, I fucking really like Powers as a bad guy. Like, Well, he's he's one of those just unapologetically evil. Like, like we always thought Lex had an arc where he started out okay and went mm-hmm. evil. And he, he was pretty evil from the beginning. But this is even more so. Yeah, it's just like, he's showing this guy pictures of like, the dude dying from the neurotoxin and like mm-hmm. the guys is looking at him like, look, I am uh, a, a former Soviet Union uh, dictator. Uh, use the buying nerve gas to bu- you use on my own people. Yeah, look, but- you take the yes. I already said yes. You don't need to show. Them. Oh boy, this is fucking gross. Is what like uh, you know yes. this? Oh boy, I was in KGB and tortured people, and this is much worse. You are worst person I have ever met, and I have dinner with some of the worst people ever mm-hmm. in the world. I have dinner with like the preserved head of Stalin, which we still have, by the way. <laughs> Would you like to see preserved head of Stalin? No? no All right, I'm, whatever. I'm good. And when he leaves, he's like, I must own that head. <laughs> you got to put I it on th- spider legs like uh, Mr. Freeze. Uh-huh. I thought I thought the guy who voiced Powers was actually somebody, too, because mm-hmm. he's, he's got another one of those voices who's, like, j- he just sounds very distinctive. Like, he's not a guy putting on a voice. He just mm. has a good voice. Um, I don't really know him from, like, he, he worked a lot. I don't really know him from things uh but he was one of the finalists to play lex before they got clancy brown ah. so like they did that star trek thing where it's like you were almost good enough for this role let's give you something else we'll give you a new evil billionaire how about yeah. that yeah but how do you feel again, about being green skeletor Pretty going positive. back to the, going back to the spider-man thing the, he's just fucking norman Osborn. yeah like sort of uh his main like terry's main guy that keeps coming back mm-hmm. is norman Osborn. <laughs> Um and yeah he's got a he's got a amazing skeleton look which I'm yep. sure you were into. Oh you know I like a good skeleton, man. Yeah. Like well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like one of our main guys is a, is an evil skeleton mm-hmm. who uh, stands in for the evils of capitalism. So it's kind of got it all, really. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um. Oh, so a thing I wanted to bring back from the earliest days of our old Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. And it only applies to this series, but uh, this is this is a bit I am delighted to uh, to be returning to. Uh, th- we call this bit in the future, in the future. and it's just a way to talk about like how things will be mm-hmm. later. And in this case, I've already talked about this a little on social media. We've already hinted at this a little, but uh, you know, uh, in in the future, agro douchebags will dem- emulate the Joker. Yeah, just hmm, really bizarre. A, what a what a strange and disturbing image. But I do, I do love that. I mm-hmm. do love, this is a vibe I loved in The Sopranos where the sort of sad, failed, middle-aged gangsters were emulating The Godfather. Yeah. It's always, it's it's that callback to this golden era, which may or may not have existed, mm-hmm. and this idolizing of people and, and losing your identity to this, to this image. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. Well, and like the very idea that like it's been, you know, say 20 years since we've seen the Joker or whatever, like- mm-hmm. How, however oh, it's been like 50 years. Yeah. It's been, but the, and again, not being nitpicky, that's important to the story. It's been a generation, nobody in living memory, like certainly not these kids, yeah. have ever seen the Joker. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's one of those things where like your, your grandparents, like you don't understand, he killed thousands of people 
Yeah, I went a, to a New Year's uh, like parade, like celebration, and everyone there was dead. I ducked behind a hot dog cart and lived, but yep. I still have these respiratory problems. It was terrible. It's like you, you, you don't get it. Shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's such a that's such a as the kids say mood. Yep. Like it it really captures. They think and they'll play with this in Return of the Joker, where he's like, "Ugh, really." Well, I guess you guys work for me by default, but uh-huh. ugh, really? <laughs> Such a better and, class of villains back then. Oh, so I, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point, is they think there was. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, also, uh, speaking of uh, voice guys, speaking of, hey, it's that guy, the leader of the Joker gang was uh, none other than Bruce W. Tim himself. Yep. Which he will, He we're starting to get into that period where he's more comfortable with his voice acting. and He'll show up from time to time, which mm. is cool. Um, but yeah, this actually kind of ties into your quote. Oh yeah. Let's uh, roll that out. Cause they chase, they chase, uh, they, they have their Akira chase and mm-hmm. there is no other thing it could be. It's literally on those... a clown on a motorcycle swinging a chain. Like, yeah. And it's, it's those bikes, those, those motorcycles that I don't understand how they work because the wheels don't connect to anything. Yep. They just sort of magically float there. Mm-hmm. I, and they exist in real life now. Yep. And I don't, how, how does that <laughs> wheel work? <laughs> what are you? I don't. I thought it was just an anime flight of fancy, mm-hmm. but apparently it's based on something real. Because, like I said, they they exist now. Yep. Um, Next up, yeah, giant so they're, robots. They're yeah, must be. Um, but they they chase him to you know like really far out of town, like up the winding like cliff road of of Wayne Manor. Also, and... I I love how much that winding cliff road looks like the old '66, like where the where the Batmobile comes out of the uh, out of the the bush. I can see that. I mean, I've I've mentioned this a couple of times already. I got heavy Citizen Kane vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, heavy there's definitely that too. But old just... rich man shut himself up in his giant mansion vibe. But up, like up this... to and including the W crest oh, yeah. on the on the gate. You know, <laughs> it's just very good. But yeah, you're right. I could see that. I could see. I mean, that's one of the great things about this animated universe mm. is they will build a mil. You know. In this same scene, we got references to the old 60s show and Akira mm-hmm. and Citizen Kane. Like, just everything goes into the soup, you yep. know? Uh, but, yeah, so the as we as we talked about before, they uh, Bruce comes out and starts fighting them. And uh, this happens. Who do you think you're talking to, old man? We're the Jokers! Sure you are. Which is just perfect. That's, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. We're the, the Jokers. Joker. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But again, mood. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Shut oh, up, man. old man. Uh-huh. Well, they couldn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got my ass kicked by Batman tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Terry finding the Batcave, because we this is the third time we've done this scene now. Mm-hmm. We did it with Dick Grayson. We did it with uh, Tim. I got to put a doing... lock on these, that fucking clock. Well, at this point, he probably doesn't bother. Mm-hmm. He's been in that house by himself for at least 10 of the last 20 years. And uh, what, the dog's going to go down there? Who cares? <laughs> 50 um, years of Master Bruce, please don't forget to lock the clock. Master mm-hmm. Bruce, please don't forget to lock the clock. Master Bruce, pe- I shall start get- leaving passive-aggressive notes around the house, and you won't like that when we have guests. Did you remember to lock the clock? Alfred! Look, there's a helpful mnemonic, sir. They rhyme. Lock the clock. Where'd that kid go? Oh, fuck. I forgot to lock the goddamn clock again. Ah. Alfred. Oh, right. He's been dead for 30 years. But also, I like, it's got a real, like, it's got that sort of primal vibe that we got from the Frank Miller take. And I think oh, yeah. it was Dark Knight Returns, but it might have been year one. The the Just the bat leading him into the, mm-hmm. the darkness. Yep. Like, there's a bat caught in the clock. Mm-hmm. Probably because it's got, it's open on the back. And yep. it flew in from the cave and got stuck. And there's that. But there's also, like like I said, it's the scene we've seen play out with the Robins, but it's different again. Yeah. Because now it's like, oh, Batman, at this point, has become an urban myth again. Mm-hmm. Like, he finally proved to the criminals of the underworld that he's not just this mysterious thing that they talk about. He's he's real, but then he sort of disappeared, so he's, he's you know, a myth again. Mm. And Terry's like, oh, shit, no. He's real. Look at all this. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he, they, they take a nice beat for him to look around before Bruce is like, get the fuck out of my house. What are you doing good. down here? I had to free a bat. 
look, you you fell asleep. Your dog wouldn't let me leave the house. Mm-hmm. Again, doing a good job of not showing because like Tim and Dick were kind of bad kids. Yeah. Who went where they weren't supposed to go. Whereas Terry, one, was going to just leave. Tries to just leave. He wasn't going to swipe anything from the rich old man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to take advantage in any way. He he got him settled down, gave him his pills like he asked mm-hmm. so he wouldn't have a heart attack again, and tried to leave, and Ace threatened to tear his face off. So he's yep. like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm... And he tries to call for a ride, and he can't. The phone doesn't work. Yep. How the hell do you so, dial an and, outside line from, the, from Wayne Manor? <laughs> I'm just like, you know, this is the future of 1999, so they couldn't know this. Mm-hmm. But I just imagine him not knowing how a landline works and freaking out. It works fine, but he's like, uh, this is buttons. I've never seen a button before. Where's the touch screen? This phone has a cord on it. Why would why, it have that? Why would you tie this to the wall? You could, is it charging? <laughs> but, uh, What's then, happening? then even though he's stuck there, it's not like he wanders where he's not supposed to be. He sees this bat and he tries to mm. do a kind thing where an animal is hurt and he wants to help it. Yep. So like, it's a good character building thing where it's like, it's not that he's a juvenile delinquent and he's trying to steal something mm-hmm. or, you know, like, find out secrets. He's it, This is all from circumstance and, and kindness, yep. which I like a lot. It's just good economy of storytelling. It's like, wow, Bruce Wayne's got a really kick-ass hidden wine cellar. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Or, I mean, rich people have ugly things to hide. Also, mm-hmm. maybe this is where he hides the children that he sells on the black market or something. Who I mean, knows, you know? Bruce Wayne sure did used to have a lot of kids running around, and uh, he doesn't yeah, but it was anymore, only, so... It was it was only ever one at a time. Sure. There is that. But where do they keep going? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I, gotta, no, I see, gotta get another dark-haired child to hang out with me. The thing is, they, they get older, but Bruce stays the same age. Oh. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, but yeah, again, this is a scene we have seen three different times now, and it did not feel... The same. Yeah. Which I really liked a lot. Um, We get some of, we'll get more of this later on, but some future slang, and future slang usually really, I hate mm-hmm. it so much. Sure. It's usually show, very bad. The show. It's very like, shocking bad. What what we get here is he calls someone a drag, mm-hmm. which that is already a word. Yep. Like, you know. The, the dregs of society, like the dregs at the bottom of a of a cup of, of tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a word. So, like, it doesn't feel stupid. Yeah. It's not as bad as Twala, certainly. <laughs> well, what could be? I mean, that was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Like, we'll point them out as they come up. But, like, so far, of course, kids in the future would talk different. Yeah. But it's hard to make that sound Right. It's the, the thing. It's it's never eat. You can never make it organic, you know, like. Well, well, it's just like when you try to represent art in the future, like what would a movie look like? What would music look yeah. like? What you, you can't really do that. And speaking of music, I actually really like the score to this. Like I like this. So good. So I'm, I feel like kind of a poser. Well, kind of. I feel like a full on poser. Mm-hmm. Because a couple of years ago, I, w- I went on this sort of deep dive on uh, industrial music, mm-hmm. like uh, starting with like Nine Inch Nails and Ministry and then going a little deeper. And I really like that kind of stuff. But it turns out the soundtrack to Batman Beyond is my favorite industrial music, which is, uh, come on, it's for <laughs> it's, it's made by Warner Brothers in the late 90s for a children's show. Like, you, you damn poser. And yeah, okay, guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> it works really well in the action sequences. But my bad thing... Mm-hmm is when they try to, and this one in particular, because it's got Terry's real deep, heavy, like, origin story, when they have dark emotional moments, they get, like, they get the squeedly guitar, like, and it's just like, this doesn't work here. I uh, I really like the squeedly guitar. <laughs> I don't for the sad moments. Uh, I think it's a little corny for there. I can't believe my dad died. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the guitar solo from a Guns N' Roses song. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Slash. Uh, while we're on the topic, I also really like the opening credit sequence. Well, we need to talk about that because, you know, uh, you might know this already, mm. but the listeners may not. Our boy Darwin Cook did that. Oh, no. I, I, I'm i sure yeah. I did know that and forgot about it. Yeah. that uh, You'll see it in the, in the credits at the end. Uh, mm. Opening title sequence by Darwin Cook. Nice. And I don't know 
what else he contributed to the show. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's just that, I feel like he had some character design input. I I have to look this up. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would. But he 100 made that on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember specifically there was a like a feature out on one of the DVDs or whatever. Um, the part of that where characters sort of rotate into the frame, like. You see Bruce sort of in the background, and he kind of swings into the foreground. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is Darwin Cook putting an action figure on a turntable and then drawing over top of that? Oh, wow. I think because, like, uh, CGI wasn't good enough to do that kind of thing yet. Yeah, I was and looking so at it. Just... Like, it. It's such a weird. It's such a weird effect. Well, it looks like it should be CGI, but it's hand drawn. Yeah. Like, and that's why. It's because he sort of rotoscoped it. He he gave himself a live-action uh, model and then drew it. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah, I was, and I was looking the at The way it's like, edited and all that is so good. It's like, is it a sculpture? Like, it's such a weird yeah. thing. And uh, sort of. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, there's a, it rules. That's worth looking up. Like, there, I'm sure it's on YouTube or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, the, the making of that is very interesting. And, and, again, Darwin Cook, one of the, like, comics greats of the time. Yeah great that they pulled him in to you know, he might have started here for all i know i don't know if he was doing comics yet but uh just good that he was involved with mm-hmm. this in some way it's very good um yeah i like the i like the aesthetic of everything i like in particular this jumped out at me in the credits but uh, also a couple of times when she briefly appeared dana mm-hmm. just doesn't look like just your generic bruce tim pretty girl yeah like they put a little effort into like i think it's something to do with the shading and her wardrobe mm-hmm. and whatever but like she looks like she stands out yeah. when there's a crowd of women it's like oh that's terry's girlfriend mm-hmm. the really pretty one yeah which i kind of like and she is like i don't really have a sense of her yet she's like the uh uh, uh terry's mom and uh, uh brother where it's like the okay, brother yeah we're we'll, we'll get to know them. yeah we'll get to these guys but like right well, now she's just sort of for around. all the for all the Spider-Man comparisons, she is not Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. She is not very strong and capable. She's not she's not weak, but she will be a, a hostage a lot, and she's very dumb. Okay. That's built into the character. That's not a criticism. Mm-hmm. But if you've seen the JLU episode that wraps all this up, years into this future even, mm-hmm. she still doesn't know. <laughs> she's pretty dumb. Oh, Dana. <laughs> Which... She's great. She's cute. She's nice. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's. I'm not complaining. Sure, but she's real dumb. Sometimes people are dumb, and uh, I don't. I I don't think she shows up until season three. But Terry will have a female friend who is just all the things that Dana isn't. Mm. And we also have Barbara Gordon. Like we're gonna have plenty of women. Like it's not like this this show, you know, does women sure. wrong. It's just this particular one's a real dummy, is all. <laughs> And as I pointed out, Terry's not exactly a, you know. A, 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 a straight-A student? <laughs> yeah, probably not. So Not the sharpest batarang on the utility belt? <laughs> there you go. I was just like, brain rockets or brain science. No, I've done all those. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's a better thing? Yeah, the, the batarang one. That yeah. one. What Maggie said. Uh, What else? Oh, there's a great bit when... uh. Terry moves back in with his mom, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting in his bedroom, and his mom's like, it wasn't your fault. Yeah. And the lighting in that scene, mm-hmm. did you notice this? Everything's in sort of like a pale blue. Oh, yeah. There's no there's no colors. It's all shadows and blue. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's such a, this could just be sort of a, an exposition scene or like a, a necessary emotional scene, but it's not really that interesting. And they just, they managed to visually make it like, oh, this is... This is like up there with the best like noir stuff they did on the old show. Yeah. Like it was very good. Uh what else? That is about all I have this time, I think. Uh I love there's a bit at the end where uh 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 Terry sort of jumps down and is like lecturing the bad guys and someone mm-hmm. just hits him in the back of the head with a big crane. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's nothing in the world funnier to me than like some guy. With his arm cro- arms crossed, going, okay, everybody, now listen up. You're doing some real evil here, and then just bam. Clonk. Yep. Hey. That's for good. <sighs> also, very near the end, when Bruce uh, hires him to be his assistant, he says, I can be a real taskmaster. And I just was thinking, well, great, and you're my little Alex Horn. <laughs> <laughs> also, 
if this show didn't sell glow in the dark uh Derek Powers figures then they hated money. Yeah, like what 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 are you even doing, you know? Yeah. We've had uh, the ability he... to make glow in the dark skeleton toys since the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Uh no, longer than that. Mm-hmm. I had some from the 70s. Yeah. Now your job so. is to perfect the glow in the dark skeleton action figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and he gets a villain name, but uh, I feel like we'll find that out soon yeah. enough. So. I mean, Derek Powers is a very good villain name, if we're being honest. Uh-huh. I just realized there's also going to be a Harry Osborn, because there is another Powers who I believe is his son, mm-hmm. who's also a horrible piece of shit. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. No, we're going to get, like, this is the full-on, we can't do a Marvel show, but we're doing a Marvel show. Uh-huh. We'll, we will, like, in fact, in, in two weeks' time for us, we're going to, just have the fucking Fantastic Four. Oh, that's just very straight exciting. up the Fantastic Four. So there's three of them, but it's still obviously the Fantastic sure. Four. Uh anything else? I think that's everything I got. Oh, I like the computer newscaster guys. Oh yeah. That's a cool Where effect. It's not, it's not clear if it's like a person being projected or if it's like an AI, but it's it doesn't matter. It's it's, it's cool. weird and I, I just I really dig it. It's a very good uh this is the future yeah. of the eighties thing again, you know? Yep. No, actually, another thing I wanted to point out was the um, the costuming on rich people. Mm-hmm. Fashions for rich people seem to be, like, there's that future thing. I think they take away the collars is how they get that effect, where it's just like, okay, that's a suit, but it doesn't have a collar. Yeah. Why does it look weird? Oh, because it doesn't have a collar. But they also sort of skew uh, Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's a sort of a doublet thing going on with what Mr. Fix is wearing. Yeah. And, like, um, there's, there's that bit where uh, Powers rolls up and, and like, uh, talks to Terry like, hey man, can I have my disc back? But he seems like a fucking like a Renaissance patron, yeah. one of those guys who'd like fuck a painter to get a painting of himself or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it ties into that like rich decadence thing too. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it, it's a very cyberpunk mm-hmm. thing. It's a very like okay, what is the most extravagant like uh, symbolism of like uh, r- being rich is bad mm-hmm. that we can put into our dystopian future. And, oh, yeah, it's, like, around the French Revolution. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, very good. Uh, anything else? I th- that's everything I got. Oh, good. All right. Did the quotes. Did did our many, the many segments we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose that's all for this time. Yeah. Next time, I believe we will be joined by Amanda, because we get the origin of one of Terry's recurring villains that is Amanda's absolute favorite. Awesome. That would be Ink, mm-hmm. with a Q, in Q. Um... Uh, the episode is called Blackout. Uh, we also have one called Golem, which is, I think, one of my favorites, actually. Oh, nice. So, looking forward to Hitting that. Hitting the ground running. Yeah, oh, this show, I mean, you know, it's got some duds like all of them. Sure. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite strong. So, also, much like Superman, it will go by quickly. Like, I think this is another one. It's it's the same length as Superman. Yeah. We'll be done with it in, like, three months. So Yeah, you got, like, uh, what, like, three seasons or something? Yeah, 52 episodes, I want to say, sure. something like that. And then a movie? Yeah, so we'll motor so, through this. Yeah, exactly. We'll be to static shock in no time. Is uh and, is the movie like the last sort of like is that like the end of the series basically? Sort of. Okay. There is a Justice League Unlimited episode called Epilogue. Well, yeah. But like Which puts puts a puts a button yeah. on all of this. But yes, as far as as far as things branded as Batman Beyond, yes. Okay. But I mean that sh- that episode of Justice League is just a Batman Beyond episode. Yeah. And you may have seen it, I don't know. Oh, I have. Yeah, I've seen a ton excellent. of Justice League Unlimited. Okay, I wasn't sure yeah. because I know you hadn't seen a lot of these various things. A lot. So. The weird thing, like a lot of these, came out at a time when I was like working or in high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, if this was playing Saturday mornings, I didn't see it. But Jail uh, U was out at a weird time where, like, it was on at night when I would get home from work. Oh yeah, we talked about this because this was a regular topic of conversation on the old message exactly. board we we met on and. Uh... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were. Yeah, like 2003 or whatever. Like I'd be, I'd yeah. be watching this uh, when I got home from a shift at Wendy's. Yeah, and that that message board constantly sang the praises of Justice League because they kept digging deeper and deeper with the with the obscure mm-hmm. cuts. It was amazing. Um, actually, speaking of that kind of thing, uh, I don't think we've said this on the show yet. We have switched the focus of our Patreon yes. episodes. We are no longer doing those uh, direct-to-video movies. Uh, we decided they are too long. I, I, I decided this. I think you agreed with me, mm-hmm. but uh, I just I don't have the patience to sit through an hour and a half of something I don't like anymore. Yeah. So we will now be covering Batman: The Brave and the Bold, mm-hmm. which is not related to these, but neither were those movies. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. This but is just more Batman. Another, 
another excellent Batman cartoon. Uh, what's great is the mood of that will very much contrast the mood of what we're covering mm-hmm. right now. Because it's a light, fun, Silver Age. Uh, almost feels like the tick sometimes. Yep. And this show is just like the darkest, you know, most depressing thing ever. So, you know, nice contrast. So, yeah, yeah a, uh, uh, for a pledge as little as $1 U.S. per month, you can get uh, access to those. It is patreon.com slash Algar. Mm-hmm. We very much appreciate your Patreon. Yeah, first of um, those should roll out, uh, what, next month? Uh, it'll be out in January because we have one in the can still for December. Yeah. We're going to cover whatever it was we did with Brian yeah. last. Uh, like Superman something. Some fucking thing. Unbound, I want to say. Oh, yeah, that's right. That fucking Brainiac thing. All right. Yeah, but we've already recorded it, so I'm not going to like, yeah. not gonna not post it. So, yeah, start of the new year. Yep, we'll be doing those. We'll be, we'll, just like this show, we'll be doing two each time, mm. so that'll be good. Um, website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. You can write to us, kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. We are on Twitter. I am at Algar. I'm at uh, Maggie Robots. And that's all for this time. Yeah, see ya, folks. Twala dregs. <laughs> For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.